You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. A kiss, as defined by Dan Webster, is something pleasing, a caress, a gentle touch. But there's another kiss that isn't in Webster's. Hey world, we're kids! Some critics say they don't make music, they just make noise. Yeah, kiss! Kiss implies the extreme in the theatrics on stage, utilizing fire and smoke and bizarre costumes and the ever-consistent, constant concealment of their true identities. Speaking of which, Kiss is going to have its own comic book soon. Take Kiss with you. It's fun. Show your friends and be the first. Now. Welcome once again to No Time to Turn, a Kiss Nerd Podcast. Nerds! Yup. Uh, we are tracking <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> special episodes here. We're tracking the solo albums. This is episode B. B. Yes. Hopefully you just listened to our Peter Chris episode right before this. Episode A. I think we uh, came up with some interesting points on the Peter record. I think maybe some people might be interested in the revisiting it uh but the ace record let's just are we going to just dive right on in here yeah because um, uh we, we for people that are also just maybe decided to skip over the peter episode on that um episode we also went to the background of the original narrative of why they started doing the records and then versus timeline and what that actually says and right. the background of getting everyone together so if you want to hear that you got to check out the peter episode and these episodes sure. are we're trying to we're trying to do uh, abbreviated episodes mini episodes uh, so let's let's just roll right into it here. Um, we got the Ace Fraley and Eddie Kramer Dream Team. Exactly. Yes. Arguably, uh, probably the most Kiss sounding of the uh, solo albums. Yeah, really? Probably, yeah. Okay. So real quick, let's go ahead and hit there because so far I've I've heard two things that I may want to argue with, which is one, arguably the best. Well, that's why I say arguably. Exactly. And then most Kiss sounding, and I hear that one a lot too. Well, I think there's a reason for that. What do you think the reason for that is? Because it's Ace's guitar. It's, yeah. a- it's Ace's guitar and it's Eddie Kramer producing. Yeah. And uh, I'd argue that the Paul Stanley record is a very Kiss sounding yeah, record too. too. I would yeah. say the Paul one, at least in my opinion, is more Kiss sounding because Ace's record, for better or worse, has a lot of effects on it. There's a lot of drum shit going on. There's a lot of swirly guitars. And honestly, if, we, if we're pairing it up against kiss records we don't hear that a lot from them i mean we'd hear swirly drums on like peter's drum solo on a live record and then we'd hear you know weird guitar stuff from ace on like love them leave them or 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 almost or almost human almost famous yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it was still kind of few far and in between where almost every song on this record has some sort of guitar or drum effect because it's aces now exactly but but i think overall just a vibe feeling it's it's very much you know but that's ace ace isn't going to do uh, anything really left field because Ace is Ace and he's going to, you know. He is his own corner. And this is the most solo, really, of the four solo albums. And that there, this is primarily Ace and Anton Fig. And well, it's like if Peter's record mm-hmm. was a vocal record, this mm-hmm. is a guitar this record. This is a guitar record. That's a good point. And this was just recorded over at his house in Connecticut at the time, right? It wasn't his house. Uh, it's recorded at the Colgate Mansion. Yes. 
that Colgate. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. I didn't know that. I figured that was just one of those weird name and and things. it was at the time it was owned by a songwriter and producer named Paul Leka. Okay. And he was the writer of Green Tambourine. Oh, okay. And na 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 kiss him goodbye. Na 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 na. So, mm-hmm. I okay. mean, you know, I guess that had the that guy had the money and the means to own this mansion and was uh involved in production and I guess he also owned a studio up there, but somehow they talked their way into this mansion, which I guess it was used on some other records too. I couldn't find much information past that. I was looking, but I didn't yeah, write even it down on, if I did. Yeah, even on uh, Wikipedia it's not like clickable to see like an expanded thing on it but but um you know again it's mostly ace solo with the bass parts and uh, all the extra guitar parts Um, acoustic and everything uh he brought in a bass player named will lee who also with anton fig would become part of the late night with late david letterman group isn't that crazy yeah that's one of those things where it's like you would watch that show and be like there's Half of Ace's solo band up on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Anton Fig just murders on this record too. He, yeah, I, I, I've got that written on my notes. He kills on the drum tracks. And uh, I think that um, Ace's record is the one that has the least amount of musicians. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. why I say it's the most solo of the records. Mm-hmm. This is truly a solo effort. I yeah. mean, it's pretty like much... The only song he doesn't play bass on is Ozone, I'm in Need of Love, and Wiped Out. Yeah. It's like Ace plays bass on the rest of that. There's no other guitar credits at all. It is only Ace on guitar. And this is probably like a, a situation where he's probably at his most comfortable, too, working with uh, that's why, Eddie Kramer, that's too. That's why I call it the dream team. I mean, I think these two guys really were a creative force to be reckoned with, and this album proves it. I still think Eddie but Kramer was again, one of the best producers for yeah, this. But then Eddie Kramer and Ace Frehley also made Fraley's Comet, and that <laughs> disproves that. Theory. Hey, so, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, But in this moment... We're, we're eventually going to have to do No Time to Turn side stories where we go through like the Peter and Ace yeah. 80s oh, material. Yeah, right. No, I don't think we need to do that. <laughs> we don't want to do Chris. <laughs> uh, no. Um, but but this album, it, this is to me, this is Ace Frehley's peak. This is as good as he was ever yes. going to be. It's as good as he's ever been. And it's as good as, you know, it was as good as he has ever been at, to this point, And it's as good as he's ever been since then. I'd agree with this that. This album, I have played stuff off of this album to people that claim to hate Kiss. And I play it to them cold without telling them who it is or any of the association. And every time they're like yeah this is cool what is this Mm -hmm. you know you can play this album cold to these people this is the you know for kiss fans this is like a no-brainer this is like the essential solo album for most kiss fans for me man it comes in a close second okay that's fine i'm just saying i'm speaking in generalized terms right now because the point i'm making is that outside of kiss fans this remains to me like one of the great lost overlooked 70s hard rock albums absolutely and it's to me it's like this is like essential if you're not a kiss fan you're still going to probably like this record. Oh, absolutely. Probably more saying, than a lot of Kiss going, albums. Well, you say it's the most Kiss-like. Yeah, but we're saying that, and, and that it's a direct, straightforward guitar rock album. Mm-hmm. That's what we mean. That's what you mean when you say it's more like Kiss. Whereas, like Peter's, like we talked about, it's an R and B record. Yeah. yeah, you know, and Jeans is like Badass Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> No, I love 
Bumpteen's record. I really did. We'll talk about that. But, but you're not wrong. <laughs> and see, and for me, the reason why this is a very, and this actually used to be my number one for years, because for every reason y'all just mentioned, just awesome guitar rocks, you know, great riffs, you know, just ace all over the place. It's just fantastic. The more I started listening to Paul's record, which we'll talk about in an episode or two, I felt like Ace's record was again like Peter's where it was a vibe. You listen to it front to back and it almost tells a guitar story. It's like you almost have to consume this record front to back. And you also know what Paul's record has that Ace doesn't. Well, with Paul's record, it feels like he had more catchy songs and also, if that makes sense yeah that and paul's a great singer and yeah so it's like it, with, with paul you had more sing-alongs and catchy songs and songs that you would catch yourself singing with ace material you would catch yourself humming the guitar parts you'd walk around the house dun, 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 well let's dun, let's dive into dun, dun. this here let's start right out rip it out Fan, one of the best openers. It's a great opening period. song. It's got the big power chords up front. It's mm-hmm. you know, and it's just um, in your face. It's just the, in your Cap face. was even rocking that one earlier when we were uh, getting ready to not, record. But it's not in your face in the way like Black Sabbath would be in your face with like uh, you know. Um, Symptom like, of the universe, or, or something. Like hole in the, you know, yeah, like you know, sabotage is. It, not, you know, and I love that stuff. But Ace, you know, this is really it's so you know, big straight sounding. Down, it's, it's big sounding, and it's straightforward, direct, just hard rock. Good vocal from him too, because we were kind of saying earlier he's not that great of a vocalist, and but he, and he knows he isn't. But mm-hmm. he's, you know, they're getting good vocals all all across this album. On this, um, but uh, you know, this also. Comes out of the gate going, look at this drummer, to the point where it mm-hmm. breaks down and gives him not a drum solo, just breaks. Drum but breaks. those drum breaks, you know, right before you go into the solo, and that's like you absolutely know, that's skull really, crushing. Yeah, and it's like that's really um, uh, again, it's 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 almost a defiant statement to go, you know, all right, here's what I can do. And so whereas Peter's, we talked about his opening track seems kind of. Kind of felt a little kind of meh. Know, meh and benign. You know, Ace is coming out and it's not like a screaming song, Mm-mm. but it's just like very confident. And you know what? Looking through it through that lens, if you look at the way the song builds up to that point, we've not even heard Ace rip yet. Yeah. And, and you know he's going to because yeah. you know he's such a good guitarist and he's almost going. You'll hear me in a second. I'm first, also working with this, this fucking guy, badass this drummer. drummer. And it's mm-hmm. cool. And you know what's also interesting is one of the little trivia notes about that. There's breaks at the right before, right before it goes into the solo. Mm-hmm. You know, those are double tracked. Really? He does it and he went back and recorded it again. He's just that good. He's just that good. <laughs> yeah. Wow. God Double tracked all that stuff. And that's why it just sounds so and that's huge. That's why it's so huge. Yeah. And, they, you know, and that guy is just so beastly. It's just like. You know, and you go, well, whatever happened to him? You know, and oh, he, he, went, and he played David Letterman, dude. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, yeah, that's a great gig. I'm sure he made a shit ton of money and didn't yeah. have to work hard. You know, no, just but didn't have to he leave would, New York. He, he was also fucking in a, six bars every night. <laughs> yeah, he played in this like kind of dance rock band called Spider, and it's like. I'm just like, I mean, man, he wasn't even full time in Fraley's Comet. It's like, man, you you're a fucking great drummer, and that's what you've chosen to do. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, in this gig. album, you know, this this combination, you know, feels more like this feels more like 
you know, I guess because it's largely Ace alone with a drummer, they've had, you know, it, it allows, it, you know, they removes links in the chain yeah. to allow that to gel and it gels really fast and it feels very well, yeah, natural. It feels like these guys have been playing person? for years. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, you know, where again, Peter's album, it was all session guys and those guys had all played with each other in different configurations before in the past. And that's probably, you know, part of what makes that success in the delivery, but they don't cook. Right. Like this, this group cooks. does. Yeah. This cooks more than any of the solo albums. Now, and I why think that's they why didn't make Rip pops. It Out a Kiss song after the fact, I don't know. I don't know Because this is seriously one of the best songs on the record. We're getting, we're, we're, we're probably bogging down in this. Week. We're, 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 <laughs> but it is one of the best records. I mean, so. this record just rules. Speeding Back to My Baby. Uh, Interesting co-write. Is it is with it a correct with Jeanette John? Fraley? Oh, uh huh. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I we, think do maybe, we know the reasons on maybe, that? I don't. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe she just needed some money. I'm that. <laughs> we'll give you some income with. So, some, so do we want to get into the hearsay, know, the hearsay about the family I don't and why know about this could have gone down because of the like her connections with the mob oh, and shit? I don't. I don't know. I don't, I, you know <laughs> because I heard that was like a situation where through constant publishing and licensing that that would be a constant source of income oh, for, for the, the family, family. and shit you. like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know, and knows? it's a bit of an, an apology song which was also kind of rumored to like keep himself out of trouble right <laughs> yeah but who knows because uh, isn't the thing like they're technically still married like they weren't allowed no, to I divorce think, oh i don't know i have no idea i thought they were divorced now i'm not sure uh, i'm pretty sure like I, I, I again this is all hearsay i don't know it's like those are those weird little urban legends that you know, kind of get passed I, around know, there with was it a, all. there was a certain there was a certain kind of uh uh, you know, weird. Well, I don't know what the word would be. Back in the day, when we were kids, and you knew that he had a wife named Jeanette, mm-hmm. or I don't know if it's, J- it's pronounced Jeanette or Johnette. Jeanette. But, I've heard him but, pronounce it. But um, you know, but both him and then Peter was married to Lydia, and it's like they had married their high school sweetheart. Uh, not high school, but close you know. enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, there there was a there was a bit of a kind of a romanticized kind of whatever to that. So all that seemed like it all fit in the place at the time. It was like all the pieces part, fit part of the it packaging. All, it if was you all will. part of the big the big picture. But this song, that opening riff right at the front, man, it's so it's so it's twisty so, and weird. And it's, but it's so fucking Les Paul, you yeah, know? I mean, right? that, that that the is, low part yeah. and the high part blending together. And you know what it reminds just, me of? Huh. Uh, his yeah, well, that's, that's one of because that. the way he plays. I mean, that's, Ace, one the, that's one of the ten licks he knows how to yeah, play. Yeah, say, he's only got like a handful of those those licks that he, but he manipulates them so well. You know, uh-huh. it's like the old joke that Lemmy made of Motorhead. He's like, we only know three chords, but we arrange them pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you don't, and the thing is, that's what's so great about Ace. Everyone talk about you could say those those are his limitations, but to me, you know, to have you know he's got his he's got his color palette that he works off of and he's not going to mix them too much mm-hmm. you know but he knows what he can mix and he knows what he can get out of it and it's like you know what i'm not going to turn the page and go you know i'm not going to be using pastels yeah. i'm not using it's just all bright primary color you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it works for him because and that's what makes ace so fucking great he's ace fucking fraley and this uh, that just that opening riff right there just says i'm ace fucking fraley yeah. what 
Absolutely. Then we get that. And, and then, then it's an like, interesting little nothing, chuggy. Dude. If, if and you then, can do it, that's good enough, man. Then he almost exactly. gives us like a rockabilly 60s garage rock kind of dunk 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 Oh, yeah, and those little cymbal like hits that Anton Fig does in the verses. I love that. He's got, he's got, he, they, they, and they went out of their way to find her. Her name was Susan Collins. Yes. And she's on like Rundgren's Hello, It's Me. And oh, she sings okay. uh, back up on some ELO stuff like Evil Woman and Strange Magic. And, you know, and they they knew that they that wanted her voice. There. And they recruited her specifically to come in and do that. So she's the speeding back, you know, all that. And Look, I just, I, I just sang all this <laughs> And you know what? I only found out, I would say maybe a couple years ago that it was her mm-hmm. you know who i thought it was jeanette jeanette yeah when we were little kids we thought that too yeah i honestly thought that was jeanette because it made so much sense and i knew that she was a co-writer i like that we're saying jeanette like we know her right <laughs> you know well, we already said jeanette freely yeah, yeah i know but it's just like <laughs> you know fucking oh, jeanette. You know, jeanette fucking jeanette man <laughs> uh, then we got a backwards guitar solo in the middle of it yeah, too. yeah. That, that's a that's a pretty neat little twist i mean that's the kind of stuff that he and eddie kramer would probably sit down and do and work out and figure out together like, mm. yeah. all right yeah, let's yeah, do yeah, this yeah. shit so eddie kramer's what, been hey doing... whatever inspiration and then since you said it next track so eddie kramer's been doing that since the uh, Jimi hendrix days yeah <laughs> that's why i love it yeah next track Snowblind. yep <laughs> i love the riff but the vocal kind of puts it close to the bottom three for me you know when i was a little kid this was my favorite song on the record really but, yeah I, I don't know and i didn't know what it was about but i just like the the way he does the 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 kind of the bend in his vocal mm-hmm. and and uh you know that tempo change on the solo that just, is cool. It just I comes like out that. of left field, mm-hmm. and you got this. Yeah, and it's on like a whole See, different song. I love song. that too. It's like I don't want to put it on my bottom three because of that. Yeah, but that just shows how you know clever and inventive he is with what he's doing. And you know, I think that uh, you wouldn't hear something like that kind of a tempo change or that whole kind of that. You know, you would you don't hear that kind of stuff in music today. No, Anton you know? Pig does it all over this record too. Yeah, well, I mean, it's but it's written. Right, you know, but, but I mean, he's good he enough. He goes to like, into you know, this; it's like a complete different, almost like it's a part of another song that gets dropped in, and it, yeah, but it, it it builds, you know, and it gets up as the as the one part builds up. He's descending on the on the on the lead. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know, one part's going up, the other one comes down. It's all angular, and then whop whop back into the riff. It's fucking cool. I mean, that is some really cool stuff, and it's like it's nothing complex. It's not prog rock. It doesn't need to be and it's still fucking killer you know and it's it just again it's it's, hard to do that bands don't do that like kind of take chances like that arrangement wise but people want to call that you know like you said prog rock whatever no that's just great this is just good songwriting yeah and see and this is the starting moments of why this record falls in second for me is i agree with everything you guys just said but you're talking about the music of it i'm trying to look at this as a song as a whole and the song as a whole, when you add in the music, like the lyrics and everything else, this is when it starts falling short because there are so many songs that I can say, oh my God, I love the music too, but the vocalist ruins it. Unfortunately, Ace's delivery on this song and the next one vocally 
kind of knock the songs out of play a little bit more and for I me. I totally agree with you on that too, but it's such a badass fucking riff. It is. It's such a great riff, but I think that's where see, that like, musical I growth like, or maturity like with me the, is gone, uh, where it's like I now take things like vocalists more into consideration. And it's just like, ah, Ace, I you like could have done bin, more. Though. I like what he's doing with the bin, you know? Yeah, I mean, I get that. I don't know, but just it's for like, like if know, I'm have to compare the four. Sometimes I wonder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, 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 and I think there's some chances he takes vocally later on in this record that really pay off. I don't think he needs to take chances with his vocals. I don't. I think the vocals like where well, I would like, say the okay, hua is a chance. There's a good chance where or a good point where you know we were talking about Peter's album being really a showcase for his vocals. It was designed that way. It wasn't about Peter Chris as a drummer at right. all. It was about Peter Chris as a vocalist. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the other way around. It's Peter. It's about Ace as a guitar player and less as a vocalist. Ace is singing because it's the Ace album. Yeah, and I think that at some point they actually considered having ringers come in and do vocals. I'm, I, you know, but I don't know who or to how deep or what degree yeah, that was ever considered. But by then, you know, because Ace had only recorded one Shocked vocal <laughs> track yeah. prior to this, so this is really, you know, this is still kind of Ace finding his own. And Rocket Rod. His I guess own, he had just yeah. done that, too. It, it, but he's still finding his, literally finding his voice here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, his voice is primarily his guitar. Ozone. And that's another stinker of a vocal performance, but I love the background. Uh, see, ozone. I, see, I don't know why I, I like it, but I, I do. I don't have a problem with any of the vocals on this album. I really this don't. This is my least favorite song on here. Like, and, I, I and, consistently skip this song. Oh, I love this song, and I like there's that turnaround where he's doing the ba da ba da da ba da And then and he flips cool. it, but, but it's a weird flip but, on it. But if we're talking about it, resolves itself. The way he resolves it. But if we're talking about lyrics, let's talk about these lyrical genius. I'm the kind of guy who likes getting, who likes getting high. But that's, oh yeah, that, <laughs> feeling high is right. That's fine. That's There's like, man, you think you ought to try? Yeah, that's it's just trash. That's some fucking. That's some blue jean fucking Boone's Farm swilling oily hair, pimply face, high not- school guy in a Mustang, and he is that guy. There's nothing wrong with that. Hell that, yeah, that, brother. That is high school as. Fuck, and I don't have a problem with it, not at all. I love this whole song, and I don't. I never did drugs, man. But I was like, if I did, I would be that guy, and that's the that's the song that would be playing. I will say, get started off your ass, listen to it. It'd be fun. I love this song. I like the way the guitars resolve. I like all that stuff. I think just the way he puts it all together. Now look, I, I agree is, with you there. So I love good. all the guitar shit in there, and but just the, like the me, lyrics and vocal delivery just. Of, ruin it for me well, see when I think of quote unquote stoner rock I don't think of Black Sabbath I don't think of like you heavy think of this. I think this of is this fucking song. stoner rock this is stoner rock because this is I knew these dudes yeah these were like the guys that my brother hung out with my brother got adopted by these guys when he was like 12 or 13 which uh-huh. would have been around this time you know he was like their little mascot but mm-hmm. these guys drove around in the fucking vans and the Big El Caminos, El Caminos and GTOs, and they, you know, they they were those guys. They're like, hell yeah, man! And you're just like, ah, man, these guys are badass. They're probably big fucking losers. You walk around them, and it's like just in the background, you hear, and I promise you, they were all to a man and their girlfriends. 
in the ozone. <laughs> no question. <laughs> and again, I, I 100% agree. I love the way the guitar is resolving. Like that ticket, 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 ticket part you're talking but, about. All of that is fantastic. And there is not a bad ace solo on this record. He, no, he no, kills every, every everything, song. Everything, everything works here. But I'm just saying the whole construction of how he does those little turnarounds and stuff and, mm-hmm. and flips the, the that kind of that uh, there's punctuations in the mm-hmm. riff. I'm not going to You know, if we were professional, we would drop in sound bites here, but, you know. We also don't want to get nabbed. Yeah, whatever. But y'all go back and listen to this and tell me that I'm wrong. And that also helps them. We're pushing them towards Spotify listens instead of actually putting it on here. We're helping them. Wink, wink. Right. What's fun about these solo records is pointing out how terrible all these guys were as lyricists. Well, you know, I don't think they're, again, I don't think these are terrible lyrics. I think they serve exactly what he's going to say and here he and this is what's the, interesting the about this record good. is now he all of a sudden he's, he's he's shifting gears and he's going into really essentially almost a power pop song and dude this is this, this in is, retrospect this is my favorite on the record it's a great goddamn song and i tell you what else makes this song really great is anton fig yep mm-hmm. and the way he does those he punctuates the 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 in the chorus the you know it's Ba-da-da-da-da. almost an off time kind of thing pop <laughs> You know, yep. it's I, you know, it's like you can tap along with a lot of stuff on your steering wheel or on your dashboard or wherever you're tapping along on your desk at work. I can't fucking play along with that. That's some weird shit, man. And it's and I love the way changes the, and it's it's fucking killer. And much like Ozone too, the way the acoustic guitars are blended together with yeah, everything that's too one of are my so favorites. fucking cool. That's yeah. one of Ace's tricks he likes doing is yeah. blending acoustics yeah. with his electrics, and I love it because you even get a little bit on "Rip It Out." Yeah, you hear it ever you so slightly, it, but it, it, and it's just it sounds so good. It's got good. a brightness underneath it, gives it a little sheen. And yeah, we would be absolutely lying if we said we didn't t- totally rip that for one of our last records because there was like uh-huh. a song that was just like you know. It sounded really good if we added just a well, little acoustic it, up underneath it's this, not and it worked. Off, you were inspired by it, exactly, and that's what—that's part of what makes this stuff great. But I've got this in my notes as power pop gold, yeah. and I don't think I'd agree with you that. would. You know, it, it it you know we were talking. You mentioned uh, um, uh, Nick Lowe, yeah, previously, and mm-hmm. so know, it goes, and it's like that. You know, that's power pop, but it's kind of you know this isn't. It's still isn't quite as far into that you know if you want to call it a genre or whatever but it still has those elements like but my point is it's like ace shows that he it demonstrates that he has a pop sensibility that's very sharp and he can do it credibly and even again vocals y'all y'all want to harp on the vocals vocals really good oh my god he kills that uh chorus i love it it's to write a song like this you know, and I don't think this really even feels so much like a Kiss song, but you know, to me, this is one of maybe the the high points on the album, maybe the strongest song on the album. No, I totally the, agree. Top three for me, without great, a doubt. Great solo, and and I love if we're talking about like uh, guitar building. I love how on the last chorus, because you know, like most Kiss songs, play the chorus twice at the end, yada yada yada, and then. Um, on that final one, he does a little walk up with the He's kind of playing his uh, vocal harmony on the guitar, and then it ends with that big acoustic doom 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 boom. It's like ah, oh, it's just it's so well constructed. I yeah, love it. I mean, that's the genius know. of Eddie Kramer too. 
Oh, I'm well, sure. I don't know. I wonder. You know, Eddie Kramer is more an engineer yeah. and sound guy. He's not a songwriter. He's not. So this is really the power of Ace Frehley as a songwriter, and I think that's something that really needs to be underscored here because, you know. These are these are his songs. It's his construction. It's his arrangements. I'm sure. Yeah, it know. says all tracks are written by Ace Frehley except where noted, and those are just like those small just, little things like Anton Fig and you know shit like that. I think he only gets like one credit, and then uh, the next one, New York Groove, was a cover. Okay, let's yeah, we're gonna say we're gonna lift the needle, flip <laughs> the record. <laughs> Cause that's what we do. We listen to vinyl. That's right. We're, like, we're cool. We're cool. We're the cool kids. Cool. <laughs> the only that's tr- an inside joke. And if if who's listening gets it, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Ace. Uh, New York Groove is a cover of a group called Hello. Yes. And that song was brought in by Eddie Kramer. It was his, I think it was his suggestion to do it. And mm-hmm. Ace wasn't into it. The, and this marks two times in Ace's career. Well, now and then one, another time going to be a li- way later where producers have brought in covers for him to do that he's gone, nah, nah, nah. And then it winds up being his biggest hits of the era, right. which was New York Groove. And then later that happened with Do Ya. Yeah. He did not want to cover Do Ya. And then that's like what catapulted him back into stardom again. (laughs) There's no drums on this track, really, is there? Yeah. It's It's like stomp claps. Like, they're not, they're buried more than anything if there are. It's honestly stomps and a shaker. That's really all you get in it. And I remember hearing the story of the way they were able to get the stomps. They got a whole bunch of uh, apple, uh, apple boxes, had people stand on it. Then Eddie put a microphone on the lower level. So they were doing it on like a certain floor. He put microphones on Above the ceiling yeah. underneath it. Oh, underneath it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, like, for instance, yeah, yeah. if we were recording upstairs, Cap would be on some Apple boxes right above the ceiling, and I would just put microphones on the ceiling. Interesting. And then he would... That's cool. Right. So they got the hollowness from the Apple boxes and then the resonance from the floor and then captured that through the microphone. How familiar are either of you with the original? Not really familiar I've at all. I've listened to it a couple times. It's built, um, the riff is built largely around a harmonica on the original. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and it's kind of got more of a, almost like a down on the corner CCR type thing. It does. Oh, gotcha. You know, whereas this, this kind of goes along into a, Almost into the territory of where Peter's record is a very New York kind of thing, obviously New York groove. Yeah, you know, very urban. But um, and it's really you know it's interesting because this song to me kind of sticks out as being the anomaly amongst the others. It doesn't have the same vibe or feel as the others to me. Yeah, for sure. And and, and like you said, it's ironic. It, Ace didn't like it, and yet it became basically his signature song now, after and- after Shock Me. I would say. And, and the only song from all four solo albums to, to make it to, part yeah. of the Constant Kiss set. Well, it's also the only hit that yeah. any of the solo albums produced. I think this was a top 20 hit. Number mm-hmm. 13 on the Billboard 13. Hot 100. That's, that's nothing no, to fucking turn your nose up I can remember at. hearing that when I was a kid. I remember you know, when I was a kid, we'd go to the skating rink, and they'd play it on the skating rink thing. Oh. And, you know, we had to skate when they played that. Oh, of you know? course. Had to get out on the floor and just... <laughs> bust your ass to New York Groove. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm in need of love. This is I a, like this one a good bit. This is in my bottom three, but I like the uh, delay slide this parts. Is a, this is an early use of delay. I think I don't. I don't. How how early were these kind of good effects qu- coming into play? Good you, question. Because because I you know I to me it's like this is probably state of the art shit at the time. 
I would say like Jimmy Hen- it was probably used on Jimi Hendrix records and stuff like that. Well, uh, yeah. I don't but know. I could be wrong on that too. I mean, you know, it still was pretty forward sounding, I would think, at the time. See, yeah. to me, I'm in need of love is a better snow blind. It yeah, feels like it's the same kind of vibe, yeah. but it's a little bit well, he's more. Got the, he's doing. He's he's pushing himself vocally a little bit, and that's what I was gonna say. So you're talking about the weird vocal things on Ozone. I feel like the I'm in need love. Yeah. This might be works a lot better on this. He goes a little flat on it, but at the same time, I think it works just because it's you know. I mean, you know, it's rock and roll, man. Yeah, it's very you know? ace, and so it's 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 one of the better vocal performances I think he's gotten. But, you know, but yeah, I'm in need of love. So give me some. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and again, I'm hoping so you're I, in need yeah. of me. It's, 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 Poetry. You know what? I, you know, I've always loved this song. That was one of my favorites when I was a little kid. And this kind of goes into, again, the, what I talked about with the Peter Chris album is that some of this stuff, it's like, would I like it if I was learning it today? If it was all new to me today, and you know, yeah, and that's hard with, with the Ace record with me too, because that well, was always I, my go-to. I think I would definitely like "What's on Your Mind." I think I definitely like "Ozone." I think I would like most of this, you know. But um, I can't say anything. Like my first guitar hero was right up Ace Frehley's al- uh, uh, alley, Joe Walsh. She basically was just yeah. as crazy and wrote you know silly ass songs like that too. Yeah, but his were a little more clever. I think you know. Um, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Well, here you go. For example, next song, "Wiped Out." I dig this one because it's so weird. I do too. I think this is the weirdest song on the record, riff wise and like drums. Yeah, and you even have like almost like the porno fucking like wah stuff during the uh-huh. verse. Like he does the other, he does that kind of modulation change or whatever you want to call All it. All the that, tempo that, changes. There's another in it. change on the on the lead part, mm-hmm. which is you know it's like once he has that as a device to use. He's, he, he's like, oh, well, we're going to do it again. Yeah. They're just playing you know? with all the toys on this and record. it's still pretty clever, though. It is. And this isn't a throwaway track. It's but kind of- having said that, this is probably my least favorite track on the album. And you know what? If we're talking about Peter's record kind of having country songs, this one's written like a country song. Take the, take uh, yeah, just the lyrics. I know what you're saying. I and give it, it to Johnny yeah. Cash because yeah. it tells that he's almost telling a story, story throughout yeah. the whole thing, and it almost kind of gives you that you know went to a party just was somewhere yeah. just as cool could be. Talks about but, meeting a girl, then going down say, the having us sitting back down. But <laughs> you could also say it's almost like a rap, early rap. Ooh, there you go. That that's another does kind of like that. And I don't, I wouldn't necessarily equate it that no. way, but I'm sure no, that but, was in, uh, that probably. Even at that point, was sort of just kind of bubbling you know what? up. Urban on the, on, in New York. Yeah, I was gonna say, so, you know, or even a uh, surf rock at the very beginning of it with the, yeah. the drums and all that. He even kind well, of does like, whole, oh, yeah, well, that's the kind of thing yeah, the wipeout thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think they were also trying to get his laugh. But yeah, that was a forced. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a forced thing. So they, they, really they even called that out on the Tom Snyder show. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a genuine laugh. But, you know, the I famous I dig the song Ace a lot. Laugh. And, and I, it's co-written with Anton, which you can tell because it sounds like a guitar drum song. Oh, yeah. It sounds like Anton was like, write something around this. <laughs> I want to tell a story. I know this is in one of these tell-all books on Ace where they said that they would go and buy, uh, I don't know if they were buying Romolar or some sort of cough syrup that had codeine in it back in the day. And it came in a glass bottle. And now this is Ace Fraley. He's a millionaire at this point, you know. See, I, I and know. And he's still behaving like a kid. He goes into the drugstore, buys the cough syrup. They chug it down 
Because they're going to get some cheap... Fu- this like is a, a cheap fucking way, teenage yeah. street high, right? Yeah. And they gulp this shit down, and they leave just enough in the bottom of it, and they smash it on the sidewalk and let it bleed into the paper bag, and they go back inside going, oh, we accidentally dropped it. Can we get another one? So they could get a free bottle. Now, and see, I've like, heard that story, and I always heard that was mid-80s, like right before he kicked back in Fraley's comment. I'm just thinking of Anton and Ace behaving like fucking little hoodlums and they've got the money and the means to do whatever they want, but what are they going to do? They're going to behave like fucking teenage thugs. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's funny to me. I just, it's just, there's something endearing about this quality that they're just still like, you know, you can take the boy out of the hood, but you can't take the hood <laughs> out of the boy. That's all over Ace's you know? book. They're uh, stories of their shenanigans. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I can see where that would wear like Gene and Paul out maybe. But at the same time, I mean, fucking Ace, man. He's Ace fucking Fraley. <laughs> Let him be Ace. Stop <laughs> crying all the goddamn time about, well, he wasn't improving as a musician. Fuck you. He's Ace fucking Fraley. <laughs> well, wasn't Shut it- the fuck up and just let him go be Ace Fraley and be happy that you have him. <laughs> well, not improving as a musician. This final track on the record feels like the most progressive thing well, I, any I, form. I, member wrote okay mm-hmm. i've got you, know, you, you said the you said the p word yep. i've got that too it, i said it's a prog effort that succeeds in spite of itself yep to me yeah. in 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 the wrong hands this could turn into something really pretentious boring and stupid but in ace's hands it's 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 so anomalous that and no pun intended oh. <laughs> Ace's anomaly. it's but i'm just saying he's done something here that's just a fraction beyond his grasp and he pulls it off yeah it's like it's like shooting that three-pointer you know Mm -hmm. the first guy that ever did it was probably like oh i can't believe i fucking did that you know (laughs) and it's and it it works it's so well orchestrated it It really builds so well and like before you know it all of a sudden you're hearing like six and seven guitars with all these cool effects and it's like you don't even know how you got there yeah and i'm wondering like i listen to that and i'm like it sounds like early guitar synths Mm -hmm. but i don't think that was even a a thing then no i think some of it was actual synth they were using some sort of effect that had not was not common Mm -mm. you know that and and it wasn't keyboard i think it's, it's like guitar, guitar synthesizer yeah so they okay i wonder what they used for that and then and, uh, you know, what, they just ran it through a standard synthesizer and just got the unique sound out of and, it or what and you know what with if the legend to be true with the, with how much ace actually was into technology and just tinkering with things back then i wouldn't be surprised if fucking he and eddie just did a line and went let's just connect some shit up together yeah, and get some weird sounds possibly yeah I mean, you know, there's no just like wow what happens if we change cool, this man. and this and this together what does hey, this sound man, like this is cool yeah man. like i could totally yeah, see them spending take, like take two days in the studio just fucking around connecting weird shit this, just to see what happens there's no big drums on neither it's just some well, guy playing is, on the rim this, of the snare or this whatever this is not anton fig playing on this nope. this is a guy named carl tallarico and i find that name interesting because tallarico there's only one other tallarico that i'm familiar with and that was a guy named Steve Tallarico, a.k.a. Steven Tyler. Oh, and I'm like, okay. I wonder if there's any relation there. But, you know, that's probably unlikely. Um, Tallarico. You know, uh, they say some parts of this was recorded with a double neck. And I read recently an interview where he claimed the double neck was a, it was a rare Gibson double neck where I guess it was standard. And instead of a 12-string, I guess it had a mando neck, a mandolin neck. And he left, of course, you know, and I think, you know, this is pulled out of the book of Jimmy Page, 
where you leave the 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 you know you've got dual pickups mm-hmm. and you leave one set open and it's just picking up the resonance of what you're playing on the other neck yeah and and that kind of gives it kind of an undertone that kind of changes no. especially yeah, like it's just a, different kind of a drone that 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 probably has a tonality to it that you really can't pick up any you know it's there but it's like it's kind of buried maybe yeah, in it's spots not like pronounced, maybe but it's ozone that, or fractured yeah, mirror or something. It kind of gives it its own little hum. So overall, this is again arguably the best of the four, or at oh, least yeah. it's the most popular of the four. In, in definitely a sense. the best selling, the hardest rocking. It's still, I think, I'm not sure if if uh, jeans ends up selling or peaking at a higher. I can't remember. I don't have that in front of me, but this one peaks on the charts at 26, but it does it in the spring of 79, a full six months after the album was released. Mm-hmm. Whereas Peter's peaked six weeks after it was released. Yeah. So that's kind of curious. And I don't know where the timeline is where New York Groove got released as a single. Does it have a, you have any information on that? <clears throat> Let's had that see pulled up. Let's here. See. Because I'm sure that had to have helped. Because that th- there was a moment where that seemed like it was just omnipresent. You heard that everywhere, and then of course it got a new lease on life in post 9/11 New York City. They used it in advertising to help drum up. Uh, it's like the album tourism it, back to the city. Yeah, the album it says uh, September 78. Okay, because the album that, itself well, went platinum that's in when, October. Well, that's when the album was released. Yeah, New it York. says New York Groove Snowblind was released September 78. I wonder where it peaked at. Uh, number 13. What does it give a week? Uh, it says it was released as a single and it, uh, and the song made it to number 13 on the Billboard 100, by far the highest charting single from any of the four solo albums. And it doesn't say when. No. Yeah. Well, but that's Ace, man. And it showed, you know, Ace always said it, this was this his signal that he was being held back. I disagree with that because we'll find out in the upcoming albums that he's given a lot more leeway. Absolutely. And, and he still doesn't deliver anything as potent as this. He's never delivered anything as potent as this. This is his peak statement. This is the definitive statement of Ace Frehley. It is his peak moment. There's, you know, I mean, I dare say there's not a bad song on this record. He's still playing these songs and the Kiss songs on his like current current yeah. tours. I mean, you know, and it's all anyone really wants to hear. Yeah, you know, I mean, no one wants to hear anything off Second Sighting. <laughs> no, <laughs> and, and, and the I mean, thing I is, just, I'm, I'm a like, No, I like Fraley's comment, and I'll still have to agree with that. There's and nothing on Second just Sighting. Like no one goes sees Kiss hoping they're going to play anything off Crazy Nights. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get there. It. We'll get there when we get to that episode. There's one song on there that I think is a lost gem. I'm not saying that it, it whether I'm just saying, but no one's going to a Kiss concert going. Gee, I hope they play No No No. <laughs> <laughs> Especially that song. You know, God. I'm sure there's that one nerd is like, God damn, it'd be cool if they played No No No. <laughs> you know, that nerd was Chris but, Jericho. But most most fans, <laughs> yeah, probably. But I'm just Man, saying, you know, be cool. <laughs> no one cares about that shit. It's like Hot in the Shade had Forever on it. If Kiss never played Forever again, there ain't a single person in the audience that's going to walk away disappointed. And they nope. hadn't been lately, so well, yeah, because I mean, I'm just I mean, you know. But 
Again, Ace though, this is his moment. It's it's a great fucking record, front to back. Uh, I, like I said, if you're not a Kiss fan, this is something that you can introduce people, and in, in, in th- they're probably going to like it. This is a great lost album of the '70s. If you're a guitar mm-hmm. nerd, it's just guitar porn for days. Yeah, it's just a it's just a solid front to back, great rock and roll record. So I guess that's going to wrap up this mini episode, and uh, hopefully you'll stick with us as we go. Keep charging on. Charging on. Next up is Gene Simmons, correct? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's going to be a fun one because oh, yeah. there's a lot to pick apart on that record. It's an oh, interesting yeah. record. And uh, hopefully you'll join us. So keep on with us for the next episode of No Time to Turn. Good night. Thank you for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash somethinggoodnetwork.